0: Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Today is Friday, April 27th, 2018, and this is episode 37 titled The One with No Knitting. You can find me on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept Monique or email me at winsweptmonique at gmail.com. Well, as you may have guessed from the title this week, I have no knitting to talk about. <laughs> Uh, so the backstory there is, not long after recording last episode, I went to the doctor. I've been having some pain in one of my hands, and I got good news and bad news. The good news is I do not have arthritis, yay, which is very exciting because it does run in my family. And the bad news, no knitting for two weeks. So it's been a rather frustrating few weeks, uh, but I have not cheated, not even once. I have done some spiddling. And I taught myself to drop a spindle ply with my non-dominant hand, which helped. I've also picked up some old cross-stitch projects. So The doctor said, if it doesn't hurt, you can do it. If it hurts, put it down. So I've been using that rule. Um, so I'll talk about all those projects in whips. Um, also, I should add that knitting is my stress relief. So Mama's been a little cranky on on edge the last two weeks. But by some miracle, I have not throttled nor defenestrated Any family members, they are all still alive. (laughs) So for FOs, I finished spinning my very first 2-ounce braid. I spun the singles on my support spindle, and then I applied using a drop spindle. So this is a cotton sliver in the colorway Skies Over Pittsburgh from Hipstrings. And to my great surprise, I ended up with a whopping (laughs) 654 yards of somewhere between a lace and a fingering weight yarn. I was guesstimating I'd end up with about 300 to 400 yards, and boy was I wrong. I have a ton of yarn. Um, The first half of the plied yarn is unfortunately chock full of knots. The first single I spun was not done well, and it was alternatingly overspun and underspun, and then um, that ended up not realizing it, that ended up being one of the singles I used when teaching myself to ply with my non-dominant hand, and that was a bad combination. But the second half of the yarn turned out really well, is definitely usable, and I am going to use that in part of a find your fade. I'm going to spin myself a find your fade, so this is going to take probably a couple years, so bear with me as I slowly spin my way through the next couple colorways of yarn I have in my stash. But I'm really looking forward to it, and this will work well, because I have some colorways of cotton to spin that will fade quite nicely into each other, I think. Um, whereas the I've never quite found yarns that I really wanted to use for Find Your Fade. Or if I did, I didn't want to spend $25 on the skein and only use 100 yards of it, that sort of thing. So I'm excited about this. In whips... So today, while getting the car worked on, I started spinning another 2 on braid of cotton from Hipstrings. This is her, their um, A New Beginning colorway, which is one of the first colors from their new cotton club that they started this year, which I highly recommend, by the way. And this is some um, kind of um, blues and smoky grays and gray blues with some orange kind of like sunset colors. It, it doesn't quite go into purple. It's close. There's a hint of pink in there as well, but it's really some beautiful sunset colors. And I've spun some orange and some pink, and I'm getting through the pink now, and then it'll be the blues and greys are coming up next, so I'm looking forward to that. My other whip this past couple weeks has been a really, really old project. I started this long before I had kids, and this is a gigantic cross-stitch project. It will be, I should say, if I ever finish it, it will be somewhere around three and a half feet by four and a half feet, I think if I remember correctly. It is the Lady and the Unicorn, and um, if you're not into medieval tapestries, which I know most of the world is not, this is a set of, I should say, the Lady and the Unicorn is the modern name given to a set of six tapestries woven in the Flanders region from wool and silk hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I think 1,500 rings a bell in my brain. Um, They are on display in Paris at the Musée Cluny, which, uh, and it's basically considered this, this set of tapestries it's considered one of the, like the best examples of medieval art. like they are spectacular. So um, the five of the tapestries are uh, like the five senses taste hearing, sight, smell, and touch. and the sixth um, has actually words on it. It says désir um, of my only desire or, you know, of my only desire. And um, basically that's the one the pattern I'm working on is based on that last one. The patterns are from um, a company called Golden Kite, and I've bought a couple patterns from them over the year. It's a husband and wife team out of Europe. I forget exactly what country they're in now. I haven't bought cross-stitch pattern in forever, but what they do is they take artwork pieces that are in, you know, where the images are in the public domain because these artwork pieces are very, very old usually, and make cross-stitch patterns out of them. And these they're several people do something like that but golden kite is particularly beautiful because they use a lot of blended colorways so you're doing two threads of two different colors and you make the x of the cross stitch with those two colors and you can get a depth of color that you just can't get using one color and it uses the normal dmc cross stitch floss that you can find at joann's or michael's or hobby lobby or whatever your local craft store is um but but using two colors at a time just gives you an amazing color depth. The only drawback is, unlike most cross-stitch patterns, that you actually stitch every single square. So there's a lot of stitching. And this particular chart is one of their biggest, not quite their biggest, I think they did the Sistine Chapel, if I recall correctly, which is, you know, outrageously huge, but this is one of their larger ones. And it's got something like two hundred and thirty odd pages of a chart, and I think I'm on like page nine or ten. So yeah, um, I did some quick calculations on my, you know, net, like you know, back of the map napkin kind of calculations using a calculator last night. And if I stitch a hundred stitches a day, which I don't do, by the way, I will finish this chart or finish this pattern in uh, twenty two point four years. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my husband who's very supportive and actually you know enjoys my cross-stitch work we have a whole bunch of it hung up all over the house he was laughing because I haven't cross-stitched in forever and he, we we're joking that yeah so when we have grandkids um, this will proudly be on display in our dining room <laughs> or our living room or something because that's about the time frame we're working on but I do love cross-stitch. I actually started cross-stitching when I was three or four. It was my first real love of craft. And I've done some pretty, um, I mean, we're lucky in this day and age we can get some amazing charts. So I've done some really beautiful pieces that I, that, you know, where I, the work by the designer is just exquisite. And I, um. You know, I love having them around our house, and I don't cross-stitch as much with the boys, you know, having all little scissors and all those needles hanging around. I put it away when both boys were little, so now that they're a little bit older, a little bit more responsible, to some degree, but you know, enough that I can say don't touch that, and I can usually trust them not to, I can pull the cross-stitch back out, and it feels good to stitch again, I have to admit. I, I didn't realize how much I missed it till I pulled it back out, and I, I haven't worked on this thing let's see, I think I pulled it out roughly eight months ago, worked on it for a couple days and stuck it back in a bag, and it's been sitting in a bag in my closet ever since, and I haven't seriously worked on it since my oldest son was a baby. So it's been well over six, it's been well over six years, it's been seven years maybe since I spent any real time working on it, and it's fun. I'm definitely enjoying it for on the run. Well, uh, training for that, uh, half marathon that I'm hoping to do is a little behind. I was getting some foot pain and when you get pain in your foot, the best thing to do is just, uh, not run on it for a while. So I took, you know, a week or two off and it's feeling much better now. And now that it's spring, we're actually um, walking home from school. It's warm in the afternoons. So I'm getting a lot of, you know, short, Run walks in at the end of the day, that sort of thing. So, I'm getting all my short runs in. Haven't had a chance to do a long run. Got to sneak one in sometime this week. I'm up to do um, a 5K this weekend. Fingers crossed it goes well. We have a, a busy weekend ahead, but I'm thinking I can squish it in somewhere. And uh, yeah, everything's going well here. So, I'm going to end the episode early here because I need to leave in about 10 minutes to go pick up my son from school. And this weekend is really, really busy, so I know I won't have time to sit and add to this. So let's just call this week a short episode. Since I am still forbidden from knitting, I am going to skip next week because I will have nothing to talk about. But we will come back in two weeks' time, and hopefully I will be able to knit then, fingers crossed. I at least have a little bit of spinning, and it's something interesting to talk about. See you in two weeks. Keep those needles and those legs moving. Bye-bye.